The Dr. Coffee Podcast is proudly brought to you by IndemniMed. Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insight into all things medicine for junior doctors and medical students in South Africa. This is the first installment of a series we've had brewing for a while, Motherhood and Medicine. Over the past month or so, I've been arranging interviews with some superstar moms. The original plan was to try and get everyone in the same room for a panel discussion format. However, the most difficult part of organizing this has been to try and coordinate everyone's busy schedules. As you can imagine, between various theater lists, call rosters, exams, school runs, and running their own practices, to try and get a perfect alignment of five mom schedules, particularly those in reg time and private practice, is like trying to arrange a solo eclipse. So instead, I've decided to interview each guest for a short one-on-one episode of about 30 minutes length. My hope is that as you listen to each mom's story, how she navigated medicine and her pregnancy, and now being a mom, that you'll be equipped and inspired to make your own important life choices more effectively and with the wisdom of others. Please let us know what you thought about this series by dropping us an email to drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's drcoffeeza. And if you think we've earned it, a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also find this episode on YouTube in 4K video on our YouTube channel, drcoffeeza, where we're making slow but steady progress uploading our back catalog of over 50 episodes. Before we dive into today's interview, please allow for a quick word about our terrific sponsors that have made today's episode possible. We're excited that V Professional Services have come on board as long-term partners and official medical billing sponsors of the Dr. Coffee podcast. V Professional Services is a medical practice administrator, medical bureau, and a professional medical accountant. If you're a new healthcare practitioner, they'll help you from the beginning to the end from registration to practice management and training. And if you're a healthcare professional with another medical billing company, they'll assist you in moving over all of your information with no financial loss or worries. V Professional Services assist a variety of healthcare practitioners with agents across South Africa. Plus, get this, their recovery rate on medical claims is between 95 and 100%. The outcome is that practitioners maintain control of their practices and are able to focus their attention on treating patients, while V Professional Services provide them with healthcare expertise along with all of the professional tools they need to succeed. You can find out more about V Professional Services by visiting their website vprofservices.com and checking out their social media on Instagram with the username at vprofservices. Thank you to V Professional Services for their support of the Dr. Coffee Podcast. Now I get to introduce you to this week's guest. Dr. Tracy Ferreira qualified as an anesthesiologist from WITS in 2021 and is currently working in private practice in a number of locations and with a variety of surgeons. She's also a mom of two gorgeous small kids and both her pregnancies coincided with her registrar time, which was an intentional decision as you'll hear in this interview. Without further ado, here is Dr. Tracy Ferreira. 
Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast. And in this episode, we're talking motherhood and medicine. So this episode is especially for our ladies, but boys, you're welcome to join in too. And I'm joined in the studio by no stranger to the podcast, Dr. Tracy Ferreira. Welcome, our guest from episode 40. And she's our first guest talking about her journey into motherhood while being a practicing doctor. So Dr. Ferreira, welcome again. Thanks. And uh, tell us a little bit about your current role and about your family dynamics. Okay, so I am a specialist anesthesiologist, as those of you who heard episode 40 would know. Relatively newly qualified, I specialize, I finished specializing in 2021. I am a mom of two kids. Roman is four and a half and my daughter Harper is almost two. Wow. I'm married to Ray, who is probably the reason that I am able to do what I do. Awesome. Love that. So that means that you obviously had your kids during rage time. Was that a conscious decision? Like, tell us about how you navigated that journey. When did you actually decide, okay, now's the time to have kids? And what were the factors that came into play, right? Because for, for a guy, we don't have to think about how to time our pregnancy with our studies or, mm. or with specializing, right? So that was obviously a big thing for you. So how did you navigate that decision? Okay, so yes, I had Roman uh, in my second year of registrar time and I had Harper just after I wrote my exams, so was pregnant while I was writing my exams. We had got married during internship. We always knew we wanted kids. So it wasn't a question of should we or shouldn't we. It was just timing. And I think we wanted to have a balance of being in a financially secure position, but also not waiting too long and risking struggling to fall pregnant and that kind of thing because of my age. So uh, it was just about finding the balance between those things. Um, I think registrar time for me was a, a good time because I was in a four to five year contract. So job security was probably as good as it gets mm. during your junior doctor years, so mm. to speak. And I was still young enough to, for my age not to be a big issue. So those were the deciding factors for us. It's so amazing to me that you speak about age as a factor because you were somebody who went straight into medicine. So you graduated from medical medical school at age 24, uh, got married during internship, you said. So you would have been 25, 26. I mean, that's still young, right? Mm. I only started mm. medical school when I was in my 30s, right? So. Yeah. So already you're stressing about, am I going to be too old to have kids? Am I going to be too old to be pregnant well? And that, that is a factor. Our girls have to consider at what age they want to be pregnant because your body changes. When you're 35, you don't have the same capacity or resources you do when you're 25, right? Absolutely. But maybe you're in a stronger financial um, position. So those were some of the factors you obviously weighed up. And uh, if I get you right, you say that as soon as you started reg time, that was when you were like, okay, we're secure now. Was that something that you had discussed before reg time or was it something that as soon as you started reg time, you were, not, you were like, you know what, actually now we do have the security we were waiting for? No, it was it was planned that way. So mm. typical anaesthetist, everything's planned. Um, we were waiting for me to get a reg post before we had a child. And so as soon as I got a reg post, we were like, time is right. <laughs> and, and Ray's not in medicine. No, he's not. So for the benefit of our audience, it is possible to have um, that decision-making with somebody who's not in medicine. It's something that you must do together, right? Absolutely. We're a team. So we make these decisions together. We support each other in our different careers. Definitely possible. Okay. Now, like you said, everything was planned. 
But now in hindsight, was there anything that you wish you had known or was there anything that you had overlooked? I mean, you said the department wasn't thrilled. Did you have to ask them permission to get pregnant? I mean, no, definitely didn't have to ask them permission. I'm sure they would have loved that, but unfortunately that would have got, probably go against my human rights. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that I went into it blindsided. I knew it was going to be hard. Anyone who is already a doctor knows that that's hard by itself. So you know that when you're going to add becoming a mother into the mm. mix, it's going to be hard. You know that. So I knew going into it that it was going to be challenging. There were going to be sacrifices. There were a few things that if I had to go back, I would tell myself in retrospect. So Such as? Such as. So the, the first one is don't try and be a hero. Mm. In our um, culture in medicine, we always trying to prove ourselves I think we often just feel like we're not good enough in so many aspects and there is a bit of a unspoken culture that the pregnant women aren't going to pull their weight sure so I felt that I had to prove myself all the time and I think that actually when I was pregnant I probably ended up working harder than when I was not pregnant because I just felt it was so important to show my male colleagues and my female colleagues who weren't moms that I was still working hard, I was still worth my salary. Mm. And it was definitely to the detriment of my babies. I had one child that was growth restricted. My second child was born prematurely. And without a doubt, I think that was because of the workload. Wow. And I've seen it in many of my colleagues too. It's a very common occurrence in doctors who are pregnant. They often have issues with their pregnancy. And so I think I would just go back and say, don't try and be a hero. You are getting paid a salary. You have a job to do. You can't put up your feet and say, I'm pregnant. Sorry, can't do this case. But someone offers to help you push a stretcher, just let them push that. the stretcher. Yeah. If someone offers you five minutes to go and have a cup of tea, just go and have a cup of tea. You don't need to be a hero and actually you don't need to prove anything because the fact that you are where you are, you've proved enough. Yeah. So that but, was the first thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's quite a thing that it actually impacted your babies, right? Yeah. And in hindsight, do you feel like you should have said something to the men, like, come on, boys, you know, like help the pregnant lady? Is that something that we've lost, that, that decency, almost like chivalry, you know, the manners to be like, there's a pregnant lady, let me give her my seats or let me help her push the, the patients to recovery? No, I don't think it was for lack of people wanting to help me. I mm -hmm. think it was, like I said, it was just my own feeling that I'm not going to let them help me because I don't want anyone to think that I'm suddenly weak. Definitely from higher up in the department, um, there, there was a feeling of they're irritated now that they've got this pregnant woman who's going to take four months off and is probably not going to work as hard as she should. So there was that kind of culture. But in terms of my colleagues who were with me in theatre every day, the nurses were wonderful. Every mm -hmm. time I would try and push a stretcher, they would say, Doctor, what are you doing? So it wasn't because there wasn't the help. It was just because I wasn't accepting the help. Wow. Yeah. So you mentioned there four months, four months off. Yes. So in terms of maternity leave, uh, what are the dynamics like uh, do you get the chance to take a month before your baby's born? Because some, in some jobs, you are able to take your maternity leave in those final weeks. Because in your case, for example, your baby is struggling a little bit. Mm -hmm. You can say, hey, you know what? The signs are there that if I'm going to make this to a safe delivery at term, I need to just rest a little bit. Are you able to take a month before or are they forcing you to push right to the end and then you can only take your maternity leave afterwards? 
I can't speak for every department because they all have their own rules. In the WITS anesthetic circuit, you can take your maternity leave a little bit before your due date. It's mm. actually encouraged because mm. they know in those final weeks, there's actually a high chance you're not going to be at work anyway. Yeah. So... Yes, you can. In the anesthetics department, you could take your maternity leave, but you get four months. So then you must realize you're going to be leaving a baby slightly earlier than you would have if you had taken your leave from just before you were due. So all things to consider. Yeah, and for those who don't know the way that labor law works and maternity leave works, it is a paid leave. It's not like yes. you don't get paid, but there's a cap. I think it's 75% or 60% of your salary. What's the What's the percentage like of your salary if you work for the government you get 100 percent of your baseline salary you won't get your overtime obviously okay, so that's the way it works but out. you get your basic 100 percent of your basic salary oh. for those four months so it's pretty good that's actually very good hey yes. because there's very few employers who would pay 100 percent for maternity leave but yes. obviously a significant amount of our salary is that overtime pay yeah. right <laughs> yeah awesome so you mentioned that ray has been a great support and obviously he's had to come alongside you and take on a little bit more than a dad would typically mm. because you're doing still doing overnight calls while you're a reg and things like that. So what are the ways that you found best to balance that motherhood with your responsibilities as a young doctor? The support system that you mentioned has been key. I have spoken about how I think it's a good idea to have children in reg time, but I must add a caveat to that, is that it's easy for me to say that because I had this husband who was very hands-on, who looked after a baby at night mm. when I had to go to work, a four-month-old baby. He was doing all the night feeds wow. on his own. What a hero. Exactly. <laughs> um, my parents live two kilometers down the road from me. They have been able to fill in the gaps when I've needed to work late, needed to study, worked on weekends. So I have this massive support system that I definitely wouldn't be able to do without. So that has been what's helped me balance, essentially. I think also just for me to realize that my motherhood journey looks very different to other people's motherhood journey, even other working moms. You can't look at another working mom and compare. And once I realized that comparison is the thief of joy and I need mm. to just realize that this is my family's own journey. So sometimes we're the only mom and son playing adventure golf on a school afternoon because wow. I'm post-call and that's the time I have to spend with my child. And on Saturday, I'm going to be working. I had to just be okay with the fact that this is going to look different to other moms and it's okay. I firmly believe that my children were handpicked for me and that this is my calling and they are going to be able to cope with the, the difficulties that come into play. And so it's about constantly reassuring myself that this is going to be okay, this is our family's journey. There's sacrifices. Sometimes your work will take a bit of a backseat, especially once you finish specializing. When you're in reg time, you have no choice. Your work can't take a backseat. But once you get through that, there will be times where you're going to say, no, I'm actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to find a replacement for my list today because my child really needs me. And then there's other times where, unfortunately, your child is going to have to, your, your work is going to have to take priority. The one thing to remember in medicine is that it's not about losing a deal or losing a sale if you're not at work. Someone mm. else's health care is in your hands. Sure. So it actually, it's quite a heavy weight to carry, knowing that if you need to prioritize your child in that moment, someone else could potentially be suffering. And so it's, it's difficult to weigh it up. It's not easy. And I won't say that I've perfected finding the balance, so to speak. I'm still learning. But... 
yeah, it's just about considering every decision that you make and is my child going to be okay if I go to work for this emergency? Yeah, That's a tremendous answer. And I think it segues nicely into our next question. But from what you're saying, it really does take a village. And it's so important to look at your support system. I mean, mm. think of the, the moms who wouldn't have a spouse who's as helpful or a mom who doesn't have family that are just around the corner. That's something that people do need to take into consideration. It might mean maybe moving house or mm. just for a season even, mm. just so that they have that support. Because it's impossible to do what we do without somebody helping just to carry you know Absolutely. what drops you know you've got all these balls in the air some of them you can't drop yeah. and kids are one of those exactly. that you can't drop exactly yeah so i think you've touched on it already but to what extent is motherhood compatible or incompatible with medicine and what can we do looking at the way that medicine's changing the future of healthcare is female let's be mm -hmm. honest i mean my graduating class i think was about 65 percent female a lot of the allied health professions are female-led and female-driven so if we're going to do things well we have to consider the moms you know in our space so what would we do better to make motherhood and medicine more compatible in terms of are they compatible, I would say 100% motherhood and medicine not only are compatible, but I would say they're complementary to each other. Mm. Again, there's no doubt that this is hard. Being a mom and not being a doctor is very hard. Being a doctor is very hard. Put them together, it's a whole nother level of challenging. So, I mean, we don't even have to say it. Everyone knows it's hard. Mm. But I, without a doubt, think that I am a better mother because of my career I've been able to offer my children things that I wouldn't otherwise. My son, he's old enough to kind of understand that mom goes to work to look after sick people and he's able oh. to see what it looks like being in a career of service. And I can't wait for my daughter to grow up and just see I can be a mom and I can chase my dreams. And it's fine. I don't have to choose one or the other. So I feel that my career has been able to give me something to offer my children that I otherwise wouldn't have. And I I definitely think that I'm a better doctor because I'm a mom, just because of the nurturing, compassionate side, being able to multitask on another level. So compatibility is 100% there. In terms of how we can make it easier for moms to actually just be able to see that and live in that, mm. so there's practical things. I must say the anesthetics department is probably one of the better ones in terms of some of those practical things. They... I know in your first few months when you come back from maternity leave, they try to always pay you up in theater so that if you need to, if you're breastfeeding and you need to go and express, there's someone to give you a break to do that every three hours or so. Wow. They even have been talking about in the pipeline having expressing rooms for breastfeeding moms, probably because anesthesia is very female dominated more so than the other specialties. But other departments need to look at that. So there's those kind of practical things, but I think more than that, just be nice. Yeah. Remember that the day a mom has come back from maternity leave, she has literally left a piece of her heart at home. It's one of the hardest days of your life. And so just, are you okay? Just bear in mind what this mom might be dealing with. She's there, she's got to look after someone else's sick child today. Just be nice. Just that supportive encouragement. I see what you're doing. You're doing a good job. Are you okay? Do you need a cup of coffee? I think that would go a very long way. 
Oh, and you know, as I think about this topic and as I listen to you speak, I'm almost like ashamed as a father to talk about how difficult it is to be, be a father and a doctor because it's levels. There's levels to this and there's just, it's degrees of comparison, you know, difficult, yeah. more difficult to be a mom in medicine. I think you've done a terrific job answering our questions so far. Is there anything else that you would like to kind of drive home as a resource or just something to strengthen our young ladies because it could be somebody who is pregnant right mm. now who's listening or somebody who's making that decision for themselves, wondering, is it the right thing for me? So firstly, absolutely, having kids will change your life for the better 99.9% of the time, I have no doubt. I'll, my kids have, like I said, made me a better doctor. They're probably the reason I got through my exams and am where I am right now. I think my one piece of advice, take-home advice, would be build your village. We don't live in a society like we used to where your neighbor is one of your best friends. We don't have that village that they, they speak about anymore, and you need to build that village. And so if you're thinking of having kids or if you're pregnant, start building that village. It takes effort. You need to find people you can trust who are going to be able to babysit for you. You need to think about meals. Do I have companies shops, a person who can cook for me, even your baby's food. I mean, I put so much pressure on myself to make my own homemade purees with my first child. And when I think back, I just think, why did I do that to myself? Just start building your village. Start thinking about your needs. And it's going to be so much easier when you enter that season with your support crew, with the people you trust, cheer you on and give you a hand. And I think that will make all the difference. And just to build on what you were saying there about building your village, right? So I know you and I both go to church and yes. church has been a great resource in our lives. Absolutely. And I think that's encouraging that they don't need to be people in medicine. Yeah. They don't need to be family. It can be people outside of your neighborhood or your suburb. It can be people at church. It can be people who you studied with. You know, it can be a wider village, people that you trust, people that speak into your life. Do you have any um, parenting resources that you go to? Is there anything that really like transformed the way that you raised your kids? Church and the Bible has been our our main guide as to how we raise our children. And so that has always been the first place we go to when we feel stuck. Um, but aside from that, I'm, I'm a podcast fan, so cool that I get to be on the Doc, Dr. Coffee podcast. There are so many parenting podcasts out there that, um, I mean, there's ones that will have more of a Christian slant, but there's others that just talk about like how a child's brain works and how yeah. you should develop them. Um, how, sorry, how their developing brain is working. And so I'm always go to the podcast because you can listen to it while you're driving to work and resource yourself that way. Um, and then... Yeah, I think one of the the best books I can recommend is Boundaries for Kids. Oh, wow. And that has been a, an amazing book for my husband and I to read in terms of how to hold those boundaries for our children. Awesome. That's a little bit outside of our normal book yeah. recommendations <laughs> on the podcast, but I'm sure that it'll help lots of people who are making those decisions and that transition into being a mom in medicine. So Dr. Tracy Ferreira, thank you so much for sharing your, your heart and your journey with us. Thank you for appearing on the Dr. Coffee podcast once again. Thank you for having me, Simon. If you're an aspiring surgeon, then listen up. The International Association of Student Surgical Societies, or IAS, is the official international student affiliate of the International Society of Surgery. 
IASSS is a students and junior doctor-led organization that aims to unite the world's existing pre-specialist surgical groups and ensure every aspiring surgeon around the world has the opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals locally and internationally. They aim to provide their members with access to content and opportunities that enhance their training as they pursue a career in surgery. The IAAAS's offerings include webinars, online workshops, research courses, and opportunities and mentorship programs. Every second year, the IAAAS is afforded the privilege of hosting a delegation of 24 future surgeons at the World Congress of Surgery. This is an opportunity for medical students and junior doctors to brush shoulders with the world's leading surgical specialists and build their network for future collaborations. Applications for the Future Surgeons Program opened on the 1st of November 2023, and the conference will take place at the end of August 2024 in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. In the meantime, applications for national delegate positions in the 2024 IAAS Committee are still open. Interviews for the national delegates will start in January 2024 for the 2024 term. A national delegate is the official student representative for their country on the international stage. Applications are open for national delegates from every country and so if you would like to advance the field of surgery in your country, apply to be a national delegate for 2024. If you're interested and would like more information on the application process for the 2024 committee, visit their website on IASSS.org. And if you have any queries, you can email president at IASSS.org. You can also visit their Instagram page, IASSS underscore official. And if you'd like to simply sign up as a member, you can do that on their website as well. Well, that's it for part one of our Motherhood and Medicine series. Look out for the other four parts in the series coming soon. Let us know what you thought about the episode in the comments on Instagram or via email. The podcast's email address is drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's D-R-Coffee-Z-A with no punctuation marks. You can also interact with us using the Q&A function on Spotify. Every episode of the podcast has it and you can share your thoughts, ask questions, or respond to the episode. Thank you for listening.